I'm Wendy Michelle, personal trainer and nutritionist turned researcher, innovator, and precision wellness specialist. Welcome to Whole, Healthy, and Free. This podcast is all about equipping you with cutting-edge tools and information for accomplishing your health goals and becoming your best version of you. I have collectively spent over 20 years behind the scenes in clinical healthcare, in food and supplement manufacturing, in alternative medicine, and fitness marketing. What I've seen behind closed doors and experienced in real life has provided me with an education no formal textbook would dare to write about. From it all, I learned that health is much easier than it has been presented to be. People are capable of way more than they realize. And the majority of what masquerades as healthy is commonly what actually contributes to illness. I break it all down and bring it all to light for the sole purpose of giving you your power back so you can reclaim your health to live whole, healthy, and free. Hey friends, it's me. (laughs) It's been a minute. Life is, well, life is something, isn't it? (laughs) And in addition to some big changes in my life, I have been formulating and researching and trying my best to, to squeeze every last minute of every day to its fullness. And I have missed doing this podcast. I really love this podcast, by the way. I love the guests and the people that I get to talk to. I love having a space to share what I've learned with y'all, but life, you know, being present, keeping things in proper order, building things, helping people. Those really are just the priorities. And there has been an immense amount of need within my community in these past few months. And while I'm aware that the absence of a new episode might limit the growth of the pod and it might upset, I don't know, some algorithm someplace, but I'm just, I'm just not good at that game. It's just, I'm not. And if you follow me on Instagram or subscribe to my emails, you, you know that (laughs) whatever the magic number of posts is per day and emails per week that are recommended to keep people engaged. (sighs) I fail. It honestly all just feels like a machine to me more than a relationship and connection is what matters to me. So welcome back. All three of you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Uh, This episode, it's just me. It's solo. I'm solo today, but it's an important one that you really don't want to skip past. So let's see where where to start with all of this fun info. All right, well, let's say, let's say I told you, like, what if I told you that there's something that you're applying to your life daily that's it's not only affecting your hormones negatively, um, the hormones of your children, but it's also doling your ability to discern, to pick up on social cues and is likely negatively impacting your emotional health and your brain function. Let's just say if there was such a thing, you would probably want to know, right? And you probably guessed it. There is such a thing. And I In the process of formulating a new product, I discovered some significant implications of this. In fact, it went beyond what I already knew. And so I spent a tremendous amount of additional time digging into this one 
topic specifically and the issues that it poses beyond what I think the general understanding is. So today I wanna share with you what all I learned this past year about synthetic fragrances. And if there's anything that you're going to change in the coming year, this might just be a good place to start. There's already a nice amount of data. It's a good amount of info out there as far as superficial chemical issues with synthetic fragrances are. There's already a lot that people know, but what I've found is really significant to a greater extent, I think. And that's why I wanted to do a podcast about it. I think that most of us, most of us already know that artificial lab developed fragrances are, well, well, they're not great. Um, they, they cause a multitude of symptoms like migraines and dizziness and allergic responses. And as I discussed this, what I was learning with clients and friends, I quickly found out that there's a lot of people that are so sensitive to fragrances that they've had to abandon them all together. Most of us know that synthetic fragrances are endocrine disruptors and, and that they com- contain obesogens, which, yes, <laughs> that is a thing, obesogens. And in fact, they cause obesity to such an extent that they were named after it. And these fragrances are also contributing to things like an increase in breast cancer, a decrease in immune function, a, a decrease in testosterone, and men. Men, this is this stuff is impacting you more than you've been told. And, and boy moms, same. The EWG, the Environmental Working Group researchers, found that more than 75% of products that list the ingredient fragrance contains phthalates, which we know disrupt hormone activity. They reduce sperm count. They cause reproductive malformation, infertility, and they've also been linked to all types of cancer, diabetes, and, and obesity. We also know that on average, the standard name brand perfume or cologne has about 29 chemicals in a single bottled scent, but only half of those are required to be listed on the ingredients label. And overall, the fragrance industry utilizes and combines over 3000 different synthetic chemical scent compounds. And I might add, most of those compounds are derived from petrochemicals or refined petroleum, as well as natural gas. Okay, so so maybe you didn't know, maybe you didn't know all that, but now you do. And honestly, that's just a sprinkling. It's just an introduction to the issues with synthetic fragrance. To be super clear, I'm not just talking about perfume and cologne. I'm talking about soaps, candles, lotions, detergents, air fresheners, cleaning products. And don't worry, we're gonna, I will get into what to do about all this. Actually, let me stop for a minute because I think it's important to add here that this, this particular podcast, well, really all podcasts, but this podcast isn't, I'm not trying to create overwhelm. Um, none of what I talk about do I ever want to create fear, but I do think that there is this sweet spot of awareness and wisdom that can be applied when we learn things that we didn't know before. 
there's no shame in what we didn't know before. Um, so don't feel upset by anything. And this goes beyond this podcast. Just as we evolve and we learn new things, we're going to realize that we didn't know and we just have to move on. What, In fact, what matters is taking the information that we get and then non-emotionally and logically applying it to how we plan to operate in the future. Once we have awareness, then we have the freedom to decide how or if we're going to take action on what we've just learned. And the depth of this topic honestly was surprising to me as well. I didn't know a lot of this in detail until I started developing a solution for it. I didn't know that there needed to be a solution for it, truly. And I I had to decide what I was going to do with the information. What was most alarming to me, though, was how these synthetic fragrances and chemicals are accumulative. They are accumulating in our tissues and create issues that are almost, I guess, at least consciously symptomless. And as I was developing this product, I realized there is this massive gaping hole in this in the natural perfume and cologne category, because even the well-known quote unquote clean versions are still using synthetic fragrances of some kind. And I had to ask why, like, why do they clean up some of the ingredients, you know, remove the phthalates and the parabens, but leave the synthetics in the formulations. And that question sent me off on a research journey that I did not anticipate, but man, I'm so glad I went there. And I wasn't really too far into my investigations that I had this thought, like besides the chemicals being on people's skin, and let's say the phthalates are out. So we're not spraying gasoline on ourselves and the parabens are removed. So we're not rubbing estrogen mimicking compounds into our necks. What implications might be hiding in the scent itself? So because it's me, of course, I had to get a handle on how the olfactory system works because I do know how powerfully scents are tied to emotions. And I had this suspicion that our mental health may also be impacted by these synthetic fragrances. I would say, I don't know, 10 out of 10 of us, at least those who have a sense of smell, have experienced a time when we caught a whiff of something that instantaneously took us back to a moment in time. I mean, that's powerful. Whether positive or negative, our sense of smell has a profound tie to our emotional memory. And in a moment of revelation, I just knew that these fragrances are influencing way more than we realize. Now, before I get into some of the meatier stuff, I want to talk a little bit about the olfactory system, just in case you know, just in case y'all need a quick refresher, I'm sure we're all up to speed on that good old olfactory system, but, uh, for the sake of proper order, I just want to talk about it real quick. This is the system, this olfactory system that receives sense, and it has a direct connection to our limbic system, which helps explain, of course, why it has such a strong relationship to emotions and memory and behaviors. Also recent neuroscience research has uncovered neural connections between the olfactory system and higher cerebral cortices, including the medial prefrontal cortex and the orbital 
frontal cortex, which are associated with higher brain functions such as cognition and, and memory, motivation, and, and emotion. The olfaction process goes something like something like this. The molecules are detected by olfactory sensory neurons. These neurons convert chemical stimuli into electrical signals, and then they send them to the olfactory bulb and then to the brain where they are then interpreted as odors. And obviously this is a very, in a nutshell version of a very complex process. And it's mostly so that I can just get to the point. But anyway, eventually the signals are processed by the brain and then the brain sends the info to the body, some kind of info with instructions to the body based on the chemical signaling that it received. So what I wanted to know, if the chemicals are synthetic, what is the brain processing exactly? And what is the brain instructing the body to do based on what it processed? Because from an evolutionary standpoint, we have not been exposed to synthetic fragrances for very long. So a hardwired system would have to learn these new scents, but, but based on, based on what, if they don't include the range of natural scent chemicals and molecules we've evolved around, it would be like a totally foreign language. In fact, one argument for synthetic fragrances is that they can make sense unfound in nature. I just don't know how that translates knowing what I know now about olfaction. Our sense of smell is a way of communicating. And to add to that, studies indicate, and this is the part that I have not heard anyone else talking about, but studies indicate that the application of synthetic artificial fragrances is impacting our ability to access our natural instincts and our perception that is innate. And so in other words, these fragrances are limiting our natural ability to discern and perceive. That's, that's a real problem. Potentially, this is a problem. Anyone else see the problem here? <laughs> because I could see how this problem would cause a cascade of other problems that would exist and yet remain almost unidentifiable other than some poor decisions, bad behavior, low mood, um, skewed perceptions. And we can all imagine the boatload of fallout from those things. So that discovery took me on a deep dive into the evolutionary process and purpose of the sense of smell. So one primary reason that we smell is for environmental and social discernment. You know, um, the term something smells fishy, which we use more as a catchphrase, but I, I've come to understand and actually think this is not just a phrase, but more of a reality that our olfactory and brain have been wired to smell trouble, dishonesty and deception. That saying likely came about because when something was wrong, we had a sense to actually be able to smell it. Maybe not in a way that we could describe consciously, but it is through this system that we do smell something subconsciously that alerts our central nervous system of a red flag. Another reason we've been given a sense of smell is mate selection. Our ability to choose a mate is heavily based on scent. This we understand through pheromones to some extent, but what's not been readily researched is how pheromone signaling is disrupted by these facade fragrances that are sprayed to cover and or confuse 
the scent of a potentially mismatched partner that we maybe could have otherwise sniffed out. And this is, in a sense, I guess, a, a nefarious way to lure sexual partners that otherwise may have never been attracted to the one wearing the fake scent in the first place. An example of this, albeit, of course, via a, a different biochemical pathway, uh, is, is research that we, we know has shown women on birth control select mates differently than if they were not on it. And then when they come off the birth control, they aren't attracted to their partners anymore. And while this is a pretty well-known study, it's obviously not the case for all, but I bring it up only to point out that the messaging we're wired for can be and is confused by unnatural chemical exposures. Also, our ability to smell is for mood and health. The, the chemicals and molecules found naturally in plants and flowers, trees and other environmental <clears throat> elements, I guess, are well known to improve mood and focus and health by way of the olfactory system. They don't just smell good for the sake of smelling good. They are designed to offer benefits. And our liking of one particular scent over another is an adaptogenic response. We gravitate to it, not just because of the smell, but the health benefits that the smell promotes. In my opinion, God does not just make things without intention. If they give off a scent, that scent has a purpose. If there are health benefits to be had, if our emotional state of being and physical wellness is positively impacted by natural scent, then our olfactory system is primed to respond to the sense messaging for the purpose of health. So I found myself wondering if the fragrances are synthetic and they aren't relaying the chemical messaging that's supposed to take place by design, then what type of communication is actually even happening? At, at best, we get no benefits other than the superficial one, like, mm, oh, that smells so good. But at worst, our bodies are responding to the synthetics in the opposite way, sending messages to the body that would trigger a negative outcome and come to find out that this is actually more often the case than not. Another purpose of our sense of smell is detection of illness and poor health. These are scent signals that we, at one time, I think, were able to tap into to a greater degree. I'm sure you've heard of people smelling cancer on their spouse and similar stories of people being, being able to identify illness on someone's breath or, or through their skin. But I wonder now if that isn't just a random and rare gift, but rather a natural ability that we've all been given and it just hasn't been accessible. Based on this research and based on the research that I've found, which sadly I have to say is very limited, I would theorize our optimal sense of a smell has been doled because of the artificial versions that are causing damage to our olfactory signaling. Our ability to sniff out poor health ties back to the mate selection as well. Our bodies make note of the health of a mate and the, the ability to, to reproduce. We can figure that out through scent. And it, I guess it would be funny if it wasn't so awful, but 
But seriously, if you walk into a bar, all you can smell is counterfeit scents. So how much of this has contributed to our inability as a society to choose healthy and compatible partners at a higher statistical rate? So I was curious, could these fragrances, these synthetic chemical fragrances be ruining our sense of smell in a way creating a dysfunction? And there is literature that I found that establishes the detection and discrimination of odors by the olfactory system does play a pivotal role in the immune system. As olfactory neurons are directly exposed to environmental toxins, the olfactory interacts with the immune system, which leads to neuroimmune modulation. It's also been established that internal signals like hormones and neurotransmitters directly affect the electric activity of olfactory neurons. So in other words, these systems are working both ways. The hormones and neurotransmitters give signals that influence the olfactory neurons and the olfactory signaling influences the hormones and neurotransmitters. Once there is an element of miscommunication or dysfunction, because the olfactory is connected to these systems, it throws a wrench into the entire program. Olfactory dysfunction has been studied and is found to be present in a wide range of neurological and psychiatric diseases. From a behavioral perspective, olfactory deficits arise in conjunction with impairments of cognition, motivation, memory, and emotion. So what causes olfactory dysfunction and deficits if we're studying that? That was my obvious next question. And I hate to admit that I spent way more time than I should have trying to find an answer to this. I I did discover in the process a book published in 2019 called Chemical Signals and Vertebrates that notes much of the research that has been conducted to date has been done using natural human body odors, but fails to account for or even look into the widespread use of synthetic fragrances and how they influence the health of the olfactory system itself. So could exposure to synthetic fragrances contribute to deficiency or dysfunction of the olfactory by way of the feedback loop mentioned earlier? Could this malfunction in our sense of smell be contributing to not just physical issues, but mental and emotional health conditions? I'm honestly still looking for research that can answer these questions for me. But for some reason, there's not a lot of research to be found on synthetic fragrance impact on olfactory function and olfactory health. So I continue to look with, I gotta say, cautious suspicion. But based on what I have found, I have come to the conclusion that synthetic fragrances are changing not just our hormones and our state of physical health, but they're affecting how we perceive, discern, and experience the world around us. Now, y'all know, I don't just dump fast facts and (laughs) run. The product I was developing is a line of perfume and cologne and personal care products that are fully synthetic fragrance free. And I wouldn't have shared this problem or issue with y'all without knowing that solutions exist. So just keep in mind that it is a widespread issue and it has infiltrated every part of our lives. So it's going to take time to little by little weed out culprits. But before I share some 
quality alternative options. I want to go back and touch on the testosterone part of this because it's very important. So in 1980, the average testosterone level was 500. The optimal range was listed as 500 to 1500. By 1990, the average level was 400. And today it's 200. And the range has been adjusted to 200 to 1000. The range was adjusted to accommodate the declining testosterone levels. I just, I just can't. It was already on the low side of optimal range in 1980. And it was adjusted so that the lower level results would land in the normal range instead of just investigating why testosterone levels were declining, they changed the range. Okay. There are a few chemicals. Uh, there are a few chemicals that uh, we know are directly linked to this decline. And one of them, surprise, synthetic fragrance and phthalates. So if you're a man or you know a man, please throw away the fragrances and look into the book, Estrogeneration by Anthony G. J. PhD. He gets into <clears throat> some truly eye-opening data and explains how low testosterone and high estrogen, which is what happens because of these chemicals, is what is toxic, not optimal testosterone levels. I really would need an entire episode for that, and it would be so worth the full hour. So hopefully I can do that another time. But for now, it's important to note that there are natural, real scents that nature provides that have been shown to increase testosterone like sandalwood and blue spruce. And that is what y'all should be spraying all over your bodies, splashing on your face and grooming your beards with. And women, these synthetic fragrances are contributing to estrogen dominance, which is linked to a slew of health conditions. It's almost impossible to list them all. Things like PCOS, weight issues, infertility, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, depression, anxiety. It's ridiculous. These fragrances are causing significant health issues, and it's just not necessary. Moms and dads, the fragrances that you are wearing could be affecting your child's, your children's hormonal development. And this, sadly, I also could not find much, much research on. But the book that I did mention, Estrogeneration, does expand on that at least. And I understand the internal conflict. I too, I had perfumes that I loved. But after this year plus of research and mostly realizing how much has not been researched, I had no choice but to dump the perfumes. It's just too crazy. I do think that the original intent of perfume and cologne was not to just smell good and blend in with the natural pheromones that we each have, but also to provide a benefit. I truly believe that focus and energy and calm and clarity, those types of characteristics are supposed to be as much a part of the scent as the fragrant notes are. Pure essential oils omit a fragrance, but on labels, they're not called fragrance. They're called essential oils, and that is what you should be looking for. Speaking of that, you really do need to look, like really look at the ingredients. It's very tricky. Products will say they're non-toxic, and clean and all the things that people are looking for, the cute bunny on the front of the label, 
the no phthalates and no parabens, but they are still, I'd say nine out of 10 times using synthetic fragrances along with a multitude of other chemicals like fixatives, for instance, which are essentially a chemical glue that holds the fragrance on your skin. It's why the commercial fragrances last longer, I guess, than natural perfumes because they actually have included chemicals to make sure they stay on your skin. They also add emulsifiers, which prevent separation. Apparently consumers don't love to see separation, but I, I think just shake it up, right? Like (laughs) instead of adding another chemical to your body, just, just shake it up. (laughs) Anyway, um, good perfume will usually have in the ingredient list, some, an alcohol that will, you know, carry the scent um, and then dissipate in the air. And then it leaves the scent on whatever it's been sprayed on some kind of water and essential oils. Everything else listed is a chemical that is industry produced. If it says fragrance in the ingredients or perfume in the ingredients specifically, don't do it. So now that we've got through all that, (laughs) uh, let's talk options. I have found some brands that I like that don't use toxic chemicals or synthetic fragrances. I have to preface this by saying there's not many. I'm going to keep looking because I think this is important and I want people to have as many options as possible, but I'm really coming up short on this one, which is still shocking to me. I'll list the recommended brands in the show notes as well. And these of course are not all inclusive. I'm sure there are others out there. I pray there are others out there, but at least these are a good place to start. So one of the biggest ones that people have asked me about since talking through this with friends and clients is candles. They love to burn candles. So do I. I love Thistle Farms for this. Thistle Farms is an organization. It's a nonprofit that that help women survivors recover from prostitution and trafficking and addiction. So not only do they make essential oil-based candles, they're helping people in the process. And you know, I love those win-win organizations. As far as shampoo, conditioner, and soaps, gosh, I looked for a long time. And every time I go in a store, I'm looking at labels. And Dr. Bronner's continues to be one of the best as far as this particular topic is concerned. They do use ingredients that are surfacants and natural emulsifiers for the purpose of what consumers would buy soap to do, which is to break down grease and remove dirt. But the ingredients that they use are still few and they're clean. So at least as clean as you can get in an industrial product. And then detergents and cleaning agents for the home Dr. Bronner's wins again. Sal Suds is the name of it. And it's a one-stop, really. You can utilize it for almost everything, household, chore, and laundry. And then as far as perfumes and colognes, gosh, this was this was rough. So Alabaster Fragrance, and full disclaimer, this is the one that I developed, so I can speak to it personally. It's cleaner than any that I found. And again, that was the purpose of developing it. And I'm, I haven't scoured the earth 
for all options. And the perfume industry is massive. It is a massive category. But from what I have found, it's the least amount of ingredients and the cleanest. I developed a scent foundation for this line that is a little stick, kind of like it looks like a chapstick that you apply to your skin that acts as a base to hold the scent to your skin longer. And I did that so that I didn't have to use chemical fixatives in the perfume itself. There are also no emulsifiers in these perfumes. So consumers might see separation, but if you want natural products, that's what nature does. And I just didn't, I just didn't feel that it was necessary to chemically enhance something just for the sake of appearances. In my opinion, it's not worth the toxin. The men's cologne line is launching sometime next week or so, I believe. And then a beard oil will follow shortly thereafter. And yes, I totally formulated these for the purpose of benefit in addition to scent for improving mood and increasing testosterone, the exact opposite of what is happening with traditional colognes and fragrances. Another option that I do know of is called One Seed Perfumes. They are free of synthetic fragrances from what I can see. For men, I'm honest, I'm still looking. Aubrey Organics was one I had found some time ago. But when I looked as I prepared for this podcast, it looks like they have shut down. So stay tuned for that. I am still looking. I know this is an important area, at least for me, I have, I have become an advocate for men (laughs) in this process, just because of the implications of this. And I won't even go off about that. Just get that book, Estro Generation, if you want to understand, especially for our little boys. Um, This is something that is really really bothers my heart. So I will continue to look for men's options and will update show notes as I find them. Um, if I, if I find them, I hope I do. And if y'all know of any that I didn't list here, will you please email them to me? Because I, I'm not trying to monopolize anything. I actually am sad that there's not more options out there for people because this is a real problem and I can see its effects through generations. I think I read during the process of researching somewhere, I'll have to try to dig it out, but essentially that these chemicals stay in tissues for like three generations or something like that. Some crazy, some crazy, ridiculous, not necessary amount of time. Also, I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this podcast. So please double check all ingredients on these products or any products I ever suggest because companies are constantly changing formulations. I could, I could do a whole show on that too, but it usually makes me super mad. So I probably won't. Uh, anyway, I think that covers it. It was a lot for today. <laughs> Just know that there is hope and there are companies that are getting this and investing in the health of consumers. It's also very marketable, obviously, to explain that a perfume or a scent has health benefits. So 
I look forward to seeing more brands emerge with this intentional application of real natural fragrances from essential oils and plants and not made in a lab to confuse a system that was never broken in the first place. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for hanging in there with me as I randomly pop up as my life allows. I mean, hey, like maybe that's my thing. I'm like a pop-up event. My Instagram is a pop-up. My emails are spontaneous. I kind of like it. I think I'm going to go with that. I hope y'all have an amazing week. Spend so much time. Spend as much time as possible with the people you love. I cannot say that enough. Put down your phones, delete apps that distract you, and just be, be free from the tethering of technology. I do have more shows in the pipeline. So subscribe to this podcast and or follow me wherever you most frequent so as to not miss my next pop-up event. I love you all. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Whole, Healthy, and Free. I will be back soon with another edition of the podcast. I invite you to check out my next episode once it becomes available on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Until then, stay focused, insist on the truth, and do not quit. You are so much stronger than you realize.